Welcome back to another episode of From the Backburner Podcast. My name is Jonathan O'Dell. I am your host. And today I'm coming to you live from a, an undisclosed location in Maine, uh, Maine, United States. Um, the reason why it's undisclosed is because we don't want to give away any trade secrets here. But uh, hopefully Joe threw that uh, sounder at the beginning and you might be wondering what the heck you're doing listening to Screaming Dogs uh, at the beginning of this episode four. But uh, I am out here hunting snowshoe hares behind beagles. Uh, this really was a, a bucket list hunt for me. It's been a bucket list hunt for a long time. And so it's been sitting on the back burner and, and it was time to finally, uh, get out here and, and see it. Um, uh, if you want the truth of the matter, uh, my wife wanted to come to New England and see the fall colors. And I figured this was a perfect excuse that I could talk her into letting me get away for a day, uh, and, and go chase beagles, uh, chase behind beagles and, and chase hares. Um, so I am super excited, and I want to introduce you to uh, my brand new friend, um, Scott Klontz, who uh, so graciously offered to, to take me out today. Hi, Scott. Welcome. Hi. How's it going? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely wonderful. We had a, a, a stupendous morning. Um, it, it's unseasonably warm here. Yes, it is. For October. Yes. Um, boy, it's, uh, what is it outside? I mean, we're, we're probably pushing close to... 70 degrees outside or something it's, it's probably around 75 77 it's yeah it's you know, quite warm here i thought i left the desert and you know i, I maybe i brought it with me who knows no can, i think it was here a couple of days before you before you arrived <laughs> before i got here um yeah it's and actually i mean funny thing is, is for the past few days since i've been here i mean it's been cloudy um pretty much the whole time i mean you know you, you don't get to see the the full vibrance of of colors and stuff when it's when it's kind of gray and overcast but today it's just absolutely gorgeous um getting to see all the colors out here on the mountainside you know reds yellows oranges it's it's spectacular and to to hear that the beautiful sound of beagles uh running through the woods chasing after hares so Oh, it's fun. It's it's the it's the life I like to live right now. It's, it's fantastic. I am I am incredibly jealous that I can't do this every day. Like I'm I, I've read so much about hunting rabbits behind beagles, hunting hares up here, um, you know, in in magazines and all that stuff over the years. And like I said, this it's been such a bucket list thing for me to to man. I gotta. I, I'm so used to spot and stock jackrabbit hunting or or cottontails, you know, out in the west that that this is a very different experience for me. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, yes, it's quite different. I mean, um, it's, I mean, we don't always get to, you don't always get a chance to, to actually see the rabbit sometimes or the hare. I'll, I'll switch back and forth between saying hare and rabbit when I'm, I'm always referring to the snowshoe hare. Um, like, you're not always going to get a chance to shoot it or sometimes we'll just take the dogs out and just let them chase them for a few hours we don't even care we don't even bring the guns to to shoot them you know it's just fun to listen to the hounds yeah it's 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 a great time you know and they get some good exercise let them get some some work in work and in some miles and miles and the real time i mean we love hunting in the winter time in the winter time it's it's, it's a different experience out here you're out on the snowshoes we, we we load the dogs up in in little sleds and pull them out into the woods and on behind snowmobiles and we're out here all day yeah. little campfires and it's it's just a blast oh i could i could imagine i mean this is it, it is it easier going or, or is it or are the dogs slower do you think they're a little in the slower snow because in of the, having snow. To work through the snow yes they're a little slower in the snow like today was on bare ground and 
the faster dogs are, it's just a lot faster. And sometimes the faster dogs will overrun, like if the rabbit makes a sharp turn, like a 90 degree turn, the faster dogs will kind of right. overrun it a little bit. And then the other dogs might follow a little and then they have to come back. Once they realize they're not on the scent anymore, they have to come back. And But that didn't happen too much today. Actually, this morning, they ran really good, pretty consistent. Yeah, I mean, it seems like I got to, to experience a couple of different um, uh the ways it can go exactly um, I mean, as you know in, later in the afternoon when when it got warmer and yeah. uh, the the situation the, the the sensing conditions got a lot drier you could tell you could see or you could hear that the dogs were struggling a little bit more yeah and, and they'd already just, put on a lot of miles i, I yeah. have no idea i mean i i get i'm very familiar with watching bird dogs all the time you know and larger breeds yes you know gsps and and you name it. I mean, you know, I, I see drotters and, and just these really big, you know, big country, big running dogs, um, and, and all that. And, and here these beagles are, you know, a lot smaller, a lot, and I, they have just as much energy and just, I mean, it, it's, it's a smaller course, I guess for them. Yeah. Um, but just as much enthusiasm and, and they were putting on some miles today. Yes, they were. And, and we didn't hunt all day either. I mean, if we were hunting all day, they would. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be out of the normal. It wouldn't. It would be normal for them to to run at least twenty miles, you know, fifteen miles. You know, in the snow, sometimes they'll run around sixteen miles if we hunt all day. Um, in the winter time, we like to stop by two in the afternoon because it gets dark so quick and yeah it gives you a little little extra safety time to to catch the dogs well yeah i, I mean i could imagine you know like you got a dog you know a few hundred yards off the off the trail you're on and having to we we went through some dog hair thickets today yes. boy when they when they they started circling the the first hair of the day um you know and and a few hundred yards away it wasn't wasn't too bad but um to get to them holy smokes like i mean we i you know you were telling me you know watch my eyes and <laughs> branches snapping in our face and yes um, yes imagine walking through that in the when there's four or five feet of snow and you know you got snow on the on the treetops as well and you're walking through there with your shotgun and snow's falling on top of you oh yeah but it's just a lot it's a little bit more difficult walking with the snowshoes through the snow, through that really thick stuff. Well, and I can imagine, I mean, obviously the, that was kind of the, you know, one of the, the stark apparent things to me coming out of Arizona and, and coming here is just how different the ground is. I mean, obviously we were on, on stuff that was covered in moss, um, you know, big, big rocks, which I can imagine are just slick as snot, you know, yes. <laughs> come, come wintertime oh, yes. with snow on them. And, and usually I've got, you know, I'm walking on like five grit sandpaper and glass shards out there in the <laughs> desert. This, this was, it, had yeah. I, had I, had I tripped and, you know, maybe, maybe fallen or something here, I, I feel like, you know, it might've been a little softer to land on. It would have, it would have. Uh, sometimes even in the wintertime, you're walking on I say walking on, you are walking on treetops, but it's the, the smaller, you know, the, yeah. like oh, the, yeah. maybe the five-year-old trees, the and saplings yeah. and whatnot. The snow is so high. Uh, and you just have to be careful. There's holes sometimes and you'll, you'll fall down in a hole and, and it's hard getting out when you have snowshoes on. Like our, but my buddy, Jeff, who you met today, he it's happened to him a couple of times. So we always try to walk out together. We try to stay real close. As you saw today, we'd like to keep an eye on. Well, you, I mean, I think you could probably run into some serious problems yeah. you know, if you're out on your own. I mean, obviously one of the things, uh, you know, the second area we were hunting has a, had a pretty wet bottom. And, and it made me actually think about that, you know, if, if we had to cross, because there's, uh, we 
moose tracks and all kinds of stuff. I mean, they're, they're up here. They just got a moose a couple of days ago, yeah. um, hunting and, and all that. We're, we're, we're hanging out at a big camp here at a moose camp that now has turned into like beagle rabbit camp since the <laughs> moose has already got harvested. So, um, but I was thinking about that wet bottom and, and, you know, I mean, we've passed by some, some fairly big ponds and, and I mean, I would assume some were deep and, you know, crossing some of those wet bottoms, you, you may, you know, I, I was thinking, man, I, I've post holed in, in snow before and mud and, and stuff out in marshes. <laughs> I'd imagine like, you know, you're crossing, it kind of makes you a little nervous crossing those wet bottoms like that, where a moose is probably okay. I mean, their, their legs are like, you know, 10 feet tall and all that stuff. So it's yeah. not like, it's only like stepping in a, in a little pothole for us. But, you know, if you, if you post hold your leg, you know, some, some thick mud down there and maybe a bottom or something that, you know, you just couldn't see. I mean, that could, I could get, end up getting serious in the winter time. And yeah, well, you could have a bad day, you know, oh, yeah. and, and best case scenario, you just lose one of your boots or your snowshoes, you take it off and it stays down there. But the worst case scenario, you could, you know, tear up your knee or, or, or something. Break a leg or I mean, yeah. anything. There's so. a lot of deadfall trees out there and, and, and they're covered in snow in the winter time. You have to be careful crossing over those. And yeah. sometimes, uh, even the dogs have to be careful going going over big brooks and rivers because yeah. there's holes in the in the ice as well. And if they go go through the hole in the ice, um, you know the water will just carry them down and they'll they'll drown. Yeah. It happens every year to someone's dogs. So we try not to hunt close to big brooks and, and rivers. There's one down here, and we'll show you right. on the way out. But we we we've had some close calls down there, and you just it's it's scary. Yeah, you know it's scary. As you know, we're watching the dogs on the GPS on the handheld, and you always get nervous when you see the dogs not moving down by a river. Yeah. you know, is in the winter time. Well, and it, it's interesting because I know. Um, I mean, obviously, you have the the GPS collars, and that was that was actually really fun. Um, you know, you guys gave me one of the extra, the, the units, so I could kind of watch the dogs and on, on the GPS unit and see them run and, and do these kind of circles and figure out where we are in relationship <laughs> to them, how far out they were and, and all that. Um, I, I, I have a, a friend of mine, he, um, was bird hunting in Arizona. And one of the things about Arizona that, um, you know, a lot of the mining activity, there are a bunch of mine shafts, um, and some of them aren't marked. I mean, they were, you know, old claims, it's placer claims or whatever that, that people had just decided to, to do. And, and, uh, they get covered up, but I mean, some of that lumber is, you know, <laughs> almost a hundred years old now yeah. or, or more or things like that. And, and, uh, he actually, what saved his, his dog, um, one of his dogs actually fell into a mine shaft and it was, it was fairly deep to the point, you know, the dog couldn't get out. I mean, it was 30, 40 feet deep, just straight down big hole in the ground. And, and, um, he had the last signal from the GPS unit. And so, you know, went, well, I got to go find my dog. And, and, uh, um, uh, cause the GPS wasn't even picking it up now that he was down in this mine shaft and, um, you know, went out there and sure enough, you know, ended up, he was calling for the dog calling. And he's like, well, you know, what is going on? And, and I think eventually he heard him, yeah. um, uh, coming and found the hole. And so was able to, to rig up. He thankfully had some rope back at the truck and rigged up a noose and, and, you know, hooked his dog down there in the bottom, pulled it out. But, um, you know, I, I, I do you run into any of that? kind of issues up here no we don't at least we haven't yet you know knock on wood um i i've had one of my dogs the dog dog i have today peanut i've had her go down uh a big hole before in a hole like uh you know not a cave but similar to something like that go go down in there where you you can't hear her barking the only way you'd you find her is by looking on the gps and you can see her digging 
digging, digging, going in there. Right. And you'd have to pull her out by her back legs, but that's the closest I've had. Hmm. We've almost had, uh, you, you met J-Lo and Casey today, yeah. Jeff's two dogs. We we had a scary situation a couple of years ago, a few miles down the road here, where they we thought we lost them in the river. We really did. And they actually did cross the river, but... They were safe on the other side, and we had to, you know, we, we, we managed to get across the river. This is in the wintertime on the ice, so we managed to get across and bring them back, and then poor Jeff, he, he fell down and lost one of his GPS handhelds, which is like, I don't know, six $700. Oh. We never found it. It's oh, still out there. You know, I know. Yes. It's archaeological evidence yes. for, for future generations now, so... <laughs> But we were happy the dogs were safe. You know, you're freaking out. We we just we, every time you take a chance every time you go hunting with your dogs that sure. there, there might be a bad accident. Uh, they might something might happen. Like I have a dog at home now who got a stick in his eye, and you know he's he's going to be out of action till who knows maybe. December. Yeah. Maybe he'll be back in December. The vet bills pile up. And, the vet bills, you know. vet bills uh, do pile up. And, um, you know, and Peanut, who's out here today with us, she's been impaled a couple times. And, and you know, you try not to think about the, the vet bills because, you know, you just want them to, to heal up properly. Yeah. And you want them to, you know, you want the best care for well, them. Well, and I can certainly say, I mean, it's it's not like you're, you know, I, you're not sitting out there with a whip beating your dog. Go chase the rabbits. Yeah, I mean, they, no. they really want to do they it. Love I mean, it. I mean, they love it. I mean, as soon as we, soon as we get to the, the general vicinity of where we're hunting, they start whining and crying. Oh, Peanut was, was whining yeah. darn near the whole way as soon as yeah. they saw trees outside. <laughs> we were, we were. Yeah, I know. I mean, I have, I also have uh, a couple dogs that I do deer tracking with. And as soon as they, I get a phone call from a hunter, I guess my voice changes or something. Cause when I'm interviewing the hunter, they, my one, one of my dogs, he just starts whining. And this is at the house. Oh. And then we get into the truck. And he's whining the whole way there. Really whining. <laughs> you can tell he's getting ready to go to yeah, work. Yeah, so. I had to. Uh, I, now I, I don't let him sit up front with me because it, I, I can't concentrate on the GPS and everything else is, you know, driving. Right. So I put him in the dog box in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and it's, it's, I think, I think anyone with dogs knows that the dogs, they, they pick up on subtle cues or, or, you know, things that, uh, especially hunting dogs. I mean, I know uh, there was <laughs> another friend of mine. Uh, he anytime he went by, if he started clicking the safe for his guns, oh, yeah. like the dog was like just out of control, yeah. you know, like like. And he's like, I wasn't even going in to get like. Might have been just you know putting jewelry away or you know, who knows, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I, I totally understand. I mean, when at home or in the mornings, we like to run dogs a lot in the mornings. So when it's a lot cooler out, and as soon as I start messing around with the with the container that I have all the GPS collars in, they start whining. Yeah. They start whining because I have a few of the dogs that live in the house, and they just see me doing that, and they start whining, and they run up, <laughs> just sit right at the front door. Sure. All, there's three of them. They just they all do that. Well, there might be a certain set of boots comes out. I mean, yep. it, it could be packing. It could be you know like they just. They the pick certain up on, leash that I have, you yeah, know, yeah, there's they something, know. There's, oh, it's time to go. You know, we're, yeah. we're getting excited. So <laughs> that's cool. So let me ask you a question. How, how did you get into um, beagling and, and hunting rabbits and doing all that stuff? We were kind okay. of talking about, about that yeah. earlier. So um, I didn't actually really grow up hunting when, when I was younger. You know, I didn't really start hunting at all until I moved to Maine back in around 2000, year 2000. Okay. And probably around two, I mean, I've always had dogs, but uh, 
around 2006 or seven or eight, maybe 2010, I, uh, I got a beagle. My girlfriend came home from Batsa, a beagle, some guy off the side of the road, <laughs> little puppy. And uh, so we, she came home and I lived, you know, and, and we lived in town at the time. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, beagles, what, what are we going to do? And so I did a little research. I'm like, okay, well, let's teach this guy to, to hunt rabbits. Well, in where I was living at the time, there are no rabbits. There's no rabbits in town. There's no rabbits in Maine, really. There's snowshoe hare, but there's no cottontail rabbits. Right. It's illegal to hunt them anyways, if the, if you do find one. So I was like, okay, next step is uh, I got to try to find a beagle club. I just, you know, this is... I did some Google search. Well, I couldn't join a Beagle Club with this dog because he didn't have AKC paperwork. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, this is getting tough. And I started looking looking on the uh, the state's website. Uh, you know, just I was just looking at it one day for a, a hunting license because I was uh, looking at the hunting dates for deer hunting. Sure. And I saw that you can get a license for a uh, lice, uh, leash tracking dog license to to track uh, wounded game. Like if a hunter shoots a deer, deer, bear, or moose, and they can't find it, yeah. they can give you a call, and you can track it with a with a with a, a certain dog, a tracking dog. So I uh, I started doing that, and then um, about a year later, my girlfriend came home with another beagle, another <laughs> beagle. Well, the one I actually started training first, she didn't she. Just wasn't her thing, you know. It just she didn't turn sure. out. It was just she just. She was looking for a house dog. She she was what? She was looking for a house dog. No, the first dog I started training, she just didn't. It wasn't. She just didn't turn out to be a great tracking okay. dog, you know. But the second dog I got, Darwin, he turned out to be great. He was he was a pleasure to train, and he was doing good. But still, so we started. I started. I trained him to track wounded game, but. In the off season, I needed something for them to do because that's you know that's only what three four months out of the year, yeah. and I, I still want them to chase rabbits. So I'm still I'm looking for beagle clubs, and again no paperwork. Um, I go okay. Well, to make a long story short, I went and bought a house right next to a beagle club, and I <laughs> they they allowed me to become a member, and I went and bought a beagle. I got peanut, and then I bought another one. <laughs> and then another one you know you just start buying more and more and at the beagle club we have about 110 acres fenced in woods yeah. and we have two pens like that two two pens and we keep them stocked up with snowshoe hair we, there's certain times of the year we can live trap them and bring them back and we have about six seven feeders in each pen so they can you know eat and we spend a lot of money on food we spend a lot of money on food and fencing yeah. at the beagle club <laughs> And we run these dogs all year long. And so it's, and we have two field trials a year. And some of us like to hunt with the beagles. Some of us like to field trial with them. Um, it's it's fun. I, I, I used to field trial with, with a couple of my dogs, but now I, I prefer hunting. It's it's a little less stressful on me. And right. you don't have, the dogs don't have to really be as in, as, as in good shape. I know um, when I was field trialing one of my dogs, I, you know, I really have to put in like 50 miles a week on this dog. He has to run like 50 miles a week just to keep up with the other, the other ones, you know, because it's just those dogs are in such great shape, such great shape. Um, but the hunting dogs, you know, we can get away with running them once a week or twice a week, and then hunting for fun on the on the weekends on a Saturday. Right. And that's really how I got into beagling. And then I. 
once I joined the club, I met more people and some people helped me out. You know, they give you a lot of advice. And that's the whole point of joining the club. Sure. You know, you're with like-minded people and they help you out. They take you to spots, hunting spots. Um, you know, you're sworn to secrecy on all these hunting spots. And I'm fine with that, you know. And it was just, uh, you, you just... You, you just keep doing it over and over and over again, and you get pretty good at it, and it's fun. Right. And um, I've learned a lot since joining the club. You don't have to join a club, but as like you've seen, there's there's not a lot of places where you can just. You, I guess you could train your dog out here, but I didn't know this place even existed where we are today until I joined the Beagle Club, and, and someone took me out here and showed me this yeah. area. I love this area; it's beautiful. I do come up here in the summertime when, because you can start running your dogs in the wild in the summer in July, and I like to come up here and uh, we oh, it's, run them. It's amazing. It's so beautiful up here. <clears throat> you know, there's not a lot of deer, so you don't have to worry about deer. You know, the dog possibly get interested in deer, which is a big no-no. We right. don't like that. At least for for the beagles chasing rabbits. Sure. We're, you don't want them to really have anything to do with deer. Yeah, it's just not a good thing. It's kind of it's kind of like the way um, uh, bird dog guys don't want their dogs interested in rabbits. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> every once in a while they'll be like, you know, they'll they'll push out a jackrabbit or they'll push out a, a cottontail, you know, as they're they're bird hunting and stuff, and you know, all of them are screaming at the dog, stop, don't leave yeah. that damn thing alone. And you don't want and them off, and there's on some off rules. game. And there's some rules. I mean, I I I'm very much a generalist hunter. Like, you know, you put me out here in the woods in Maine. I'm excited because I know there's like, I mean, you saw me, like I was eyeballing every red squirrel that we were, yeah. <laughs> we were hearing and, and boy, I know there's rough grouse out here and I'm like going, I, I would have just, you know, I'm, I'm looking to like, I just want to be a productive hunter. Sure. Like I went out into the woods and I just want to shoot something <laughs> like, like, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to come home with some dinner and, <laughs> and um, I mean, I'm, I know what I'm chasing, but man, if there's an opportunity presents itself, I'm going to take it. And, yeah. and so I get with with guys with with bird dogs, and they're like, "Look, don't you dare shoot a rabbit in front of my dogs because they're gonna yeah. <laughs> think that that's what they're supposed to be doing." So yeah. I'm like, "Okay, I'll I'll leave the rabbits alone at this point." And, yeah. You know. Well, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, when we're out here, it's just just the the hair, yeah. just the snowshoe hair. Don't mess with freaking squirrels, birds, nothing. Right. Nothing. You know, uh, that's just the way I am. I sure. don't know. I don't. They might be a little bit more uh, lax on their rules, but. It, uh, I just want them out here chasing one thing, you know. Yeah. I almost rabbits. need to, I I think if it comes down to it, like years ago I always said that I needed five dogs, right? I needed five dogs, very specific dogs, each with a purpose. So I need a squirrel dog, you know, either a cur or feist. Yep. I need a beagle <laughs> just for doing rabbits. Yep. Uh I need a bird dog. Um, you know, for pointing and, and flushing and that, uh, I need a, a, a treeing dog, you know, like a, like a big hound so I can do like raccoons and sure. and stuff like that at night. And then I, I need like a big retriever, you know, either, either a Labrador or a Chesapeake <laughs> to go. And so that would be my menagerie of like five dogs. But as the years have kind of gone by, I'm like, man, there needs to be like a conglomeration of all five of those dogs. And like, if I, if there was a breed that could be the the jack, you know, the, the Swiss army knife of small game, you know, they can retrieve, it can point, it can, you know, I mean, I, th I think everyone's tried to do a little bit of more. I think a, it's a the wire hair dachshund. Well, it's got to be the, the wire hair dachshund. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, that's something, that's definitely an area we should get into because, so how I learned about Scott in the first place was a good friend of mine. He said, hey, I'm going to Maine and I'm going to get... A wire-haired dachshund, 
and I'm like, and, and now mind you, he's he's a he's a quail hunter out of Arizona. I mean, this is guy is a staunch hardcore quail hunter. He goes up to Nebraska, he hunts pheasants, hangs out in Arizona, he guides in Arizona. I mean, like like all this is going on, and he says, "Hey, I'm getting a couple of dogs this year, a couple of new dogs to add to the bevy." And uh, one of them is going to be this wire-haired dachshund. And I am like, what are you doing with a wire-haired dachshund? He's like, man, these things are like the greatest like tracking dogs. I'm going to get into tracking and blood trailing and all that stuff. And I'm like, seriously? And here he shows up. Like, I, I think I saw him like maybe a week after he got back here from Maine. Here's this little, little, little fuzzball sitting in the front seat of his truck whose name's Chicho. He named him Chicho. And, and I'm like going, um, I'm not sure what you're doing here, Mike, but, um, what, tell us about the wire hair dachshund. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, an interesting side dog. Well, it's a pro it's a popular breed to track, uh, wounded game with. For one thing, they're, they're bright, they're smart dogs. They have a good nose and they're really lightweight. They're not dragging you through the woods. Sure. It's, and you can pick them up. Well, you see how thick it is through here. Yeah. Just the, the thick stuff behind us. You can pick them up over over certain obstacles and whatnot and um they're really good they're is it because they're lower to the ground <laughs> i guess i guess the little and wiener dogs the little wiener dogs i mean and also they're 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 pretty versatile too because i bring them out in the summertime the chicho's brother his name is milo yeah. I, I kept one dog out of that litter i let him chase the hare with the beagles really yeah he can't keep up he can do a couple circles and then right. he comes back out it's just it's hard for him to keep up but sometimes i'll just bring him and his mom out here and yeah. they'll chase they'll chase the, the rabbits and, and run around and have a great time that's amazing yeah it's great <laughs> i mean you can go like down the nantucket over in massachusetts nantucket island i think you can hunt cottontail down there wow you can hunt them with the with the dachshunds wow yeah so now this this wire hair dachshund i mean I, I all of a sudden i ended up down a, a quote-unquote rabbit hole of learning about this this wire hair dachshund and there's this video and i think it's in europe there's a couple of dogs who have penned this like Russian wild boar in yeah. a, in a, in a, in a, like a little stick hut, you know? Um, I don't know if it was built or just kind of fell. It just kind of looks like a small stick hut, maybe waist high, big, but big enough for this, this, um, boar to go into. And here's these two big dogs. I don't know what breeds they are, but they're big dogs and they've, they've got this boar cornered, right? They're barking and, and trying to, you know, like do their thing around the outside of the hut. They're not willing to do anything. And about, and you could tell, I mean, like, like all of a sudden the, the, the boar runs in and not far behind are these two big dogs. And, and probably about 20 seconds after this, like the dogs have kind of got this boar cornered. The dachshund runs right past the big dogs into the <laughs> pit and goes right after that pig. Yeah. And it goes barreling out again and the dachshund's literally hanging on to him for dear life he's like i'm gonna take him down you know and this boar must outweigh him by 20 times you know it's the size i think i've seen that video it's in europe I, I i believe it's in europe and they do that a lot they hunt them with with these little dachshunds and they use them to track them and they track them off lead so they'll let they'll use like two dogs and let's say a hunter shoots one of those wild boars and it takes off further than they they'd like and they they just can't find it or they don't have any more blood to, to track they they call somebody uh, that that's available, and uh, they'll they'll come out there with the with the tracking dogs, with the dachshund or two, and they'll go at it off lead. Here in the states, we have to, or at least in Maine, you have to use a, a leash. Right, the dog has to stay on a long leash, but out there they can do it off lead, which is really cool. And you know they have to wear the special gear too. You know they have to have like a 
Kevlar type uh, suit, not a suit, but a vest. Like on. a vest, yeah. Yeah, and a nice thick collar to to protect him because yeah. he, he does get dangerous, even though I'm, I'm crazy just, little I'm, dogs. I'm amazed that like I mean, it's just like you know when you talk about the fight in the size of a dog. <laughs> I mean, to literally see this little dachshund go after probably what was easily you know 150 plus pound boar. Yeah, I was just blown away i'm like man you know i mean here's these two big hulking dogs who could probably you know put up a good fight with it i mean they they, they might get whooped or you know sure cut up and stuff from the from the big inside on the, the pig there and get cut up but this dachshund way he was like i am in the mix i'm taking it down you know i was like man that was super cool oh yeah it is it's it's pretty it's it's really cool i mean i have two friends i have some friends down in alabama that they use or they were using dachshunds little wire-haired dachshunds to track wounded deer and they can do it off lead down there and um they had a great time those dogs yeah. were really good so this service you provide with mm-hmm. the doc like you know or, or whichever dogs you're using yep. as far as the blood trail and i mean is this like are you like on a on a game and fish list that i that- am with maine we have uh with the inland fisheries and wildlife there's a, a list of the the people that have a licensed license tracker licensed okay. dog trackers uh there's a list of us and do if, they like separate you out like by region so that way you're not like well, your to name, the other side your name of the state is, or? Yeah, well your name is there with the, with the town you okay. live in and, okay. then, and then when people look at the list it's like all right so this guy lives next to me. This and, guy's closer. Or but sometimes we'll we'll um you know we'll travel depending oh, yeah. on the on the, the situation you know what you know if 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 it if it's beneficial to travel three yeah. miles, three hours, then we might. Uh, I'm also belong to uh, this organization, United Blood Trackers, and um, we there's a list of us of members on there. Like uh, in Maine, I think I don't know how many members uh, are on the list in Maine, but there's probably like eight of us. Okay, and you can also go to the United Blood Trackers website and hit the state that you're in. And um, is find a tracker, hit the state. Like I say, hit Maine and my name, yeah. and a few others will come up. And we're 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 spread out throughout the state. We're all good friends too. Yeah. You know, let's say if if someone calls me and I can't make it, I'll call a friend that lives you know about twenty miles from me and ask her if she can make it. Um, and we all get together once or twice a year. You know, have little meetings, and we actually we discuss every every uh, track, pretty much every track. With each other afterwards, you know, there's always something to learn. It's kind of like an after-action yeah, review. Yeah, not like out like here when we're done hunting with the dogs. We'll with the beagles. We'll just kind of come back and maybe have a couple beers or whatnot and talk about it. We don't really critique. We don't do a critique. We do it with the tracking. We we kind of critique and say, oh, I should have done this, or maybe what do you think I should have done differently? You know, it's sure. we treat treat each one as a learning experience because. Sure. Well, I'm sure your your dogs are are building a reputation amongst big game hunters of Maine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at least one of them is, you know. And, and, well, uh, I mean, I you know, I I can certainly say I I haven't had. I've been really fortunate that um, I've you know any of the big game that I've taken. Um, it's been for the most part fairly sound, and I haven't you know to the point where you know either a a, a bad shot happens or something you know happens to where. Um, it didn't put the animal down right away or, or, you know, maybe I only had a track like a hundred yards or something sure. and, and it wasn't that bad. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I know that, that gut wrenching feeling, you know, yeah, man, you, you finally got the animal in your sights and you shoot and, and all that stuff. And then it, you know, it just, you know, something, it was bad, it was wrong. And the animal takes off and you're like, ah, oh, 
Like, you know, now, now I, not only did I not, you know, put that animal down quickly and cleanly, you know, it's out there, it's wounded. It's, it's, you know, it's got some severance. It's, it's kind of the, the dirty side or the, or the, the ugly side of, of hunting, you know, that, that yeah. isn't always front facing. It is. Um, that, that can happen out there. And you just, you know, like this could be the tag you've waited on for, you know, like, I mean, geez, these moose tags, you know, yeah. I mean, holy smokes, you guys were telling me about, you know, how, how difficult sometimes it can be, you know, completely in a lifetime to draw one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you waited so long just to be able to get it that, yeah. you know, man, if that were to happen, I mean, you guys are kind of like lifesavers in that respect. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we come in handy. We come in handy, you know, and uh, it's it's a good service that we provide. And um, I didn't even really, like I said, I didn't know about it until until I was trying to find something to do with, with my beagle. And, um, and I'm glad. And, and even getting into it was difficult, at least for me, because once I took the exam and got the, the license to do it and trained my dog, basic a basic training uh i still didn't know how to get people to call me yeah. and and i did a little bit of more research and i and i contacted uh this lady Susanna hamilton and she just kind of mentored me took me along her and, and another another girl a friend of mine now well we're all good friends now Lindsay ware they just kind of helped me out and started mentoring me along and helping me out so much and uh and they got people to start calling me and you know the first year we started doing this we we were making a lot of mistakes, you know, and we just, cause it's, it's a lot different. Doing the real thing is a lot different than a, a, a training track that you do, that you right. set out for yourself. You get out there, you're dealing with just, you're dealing with a lot of different things. You know, sometimes the hunter, when they, they do make the shot, they'll, a lot of times they'll get out there a little too soon to look for the, let's just use a deer, for example. They'll get out there a little too soon to look for the deer and it's not dead yet. So they push it a little further and then they can't find it. And they'll maybe call a couple of their friends and their friends will kind of come out there and they'll do like a grid search. So right there, it's it's making things difficult for the dog. It's sure. making things scent wise, tracking wise, it's making things very difficult for the dog. And the first couple of years doing that, the dog's just not used to all that. And they acquire the experience over time. You know, after maybe after like three, four, five years, the dog is really, really good. They've they're they've zeroed in on that. The the grid searches don't really bother them that much. They can work through it, you know. But it takes time. Just picking through it, just picking, picking out through, the scent they yeah. really are after. So like uh, you know, like a like a track, like the the deer's track. Let's uh, it's like a like paint. So yeah. you're a hunter and you go and you're trying to track your deer. You step on that deer's track. It's like stepping in a little bit of paint, and then you step over here, you step over there, you step over. You're just spreading the scent around. Right. With one person, it's not that bad. You know, you, you got to look for your deer. You shoot your deer. You got to look for it. Right. You know, you got to look for it. But you don't have to call every friend you have. You know, <laughs> maybe call us first, and if we one of us can't get out there, then start calling your friends. You know, I had that same situation last night, where this fella called me. He called, and uh, I think I got a, a liver heart shot, a liver lung shot. A liver lung shot? Yeah, I found some lung material. That I shot the deer. He hunched up hard and then went about 40 yards and laid down. That didn't, that, that sounded like a gut shot to me. Maybe liver too, you know, liver, liver gut shot, but not a lung shot. He said, I found some lung material in the bed. I'm like, yeah, I don't think, I said, I don't think that's lung material. I think it's stomach material. Well, I'm coming back out. He shot it around 5.45. I'm going back out there at 9.00. I'm like, oh, you should wait. You should wait longer. 
you know, archery shot, we like to give them like at least six hours before we start looking. But it's hard to keep people out of the woods looking right. for their deer, you know. Sometimes I'll make a deal with them. I'll say, hey, can, all right, I say, all right, let's get out there four and a half, five hours, four hours. And if we bump that deer, we're going to back out and we'll just come back in the morning. And they're okay with that because then they can actually see that the deer is, is dead. And the, the dog can just track a deer so much quicker and easier than the person can, especially when there's no blood. Right. You know? Well, anyways, the, this guy, he he uh, he went back out at 9, and then he sent me a text message last night saying that uh, uh, they couldn't find it, and they're going to go back at 5 this morning. Well, luckily, when they went back at 5, and they, they found it. They found it dead. You know, they could have just let it lay all night, but... He made a couple of bad decisions, but but uh, it turned out good for him. You know, it turned out good. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff you're dealing with, and 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 you you we have to learn how to just deal with with hunters and uh, ask the right questions. It took me a while to ask the right questions, um, and you know, it's just a, it's just a big it's a, it's a, it's a lot of experience. And I try right. now I try to help out new people that are getting involved. We always try to get more people involved to help out because. Um, you know, it's, Maine's a big state, yeah. and we're starting to get more popular, starting to get a lot of calls, especially during rifle season. You get 10, 15 calls a day, and you can only take maybe three a day. Yeah. It's impossible to I, take. I noticed, I noticed when I was driving in um, up there on, uh, I think it was, must have been the 95, but there was a, a sign that said for, for hunting and fishing information, you know, tune into like 1648 yeah. <laughs> there in, in South Maine as we were driving north. And, and I was like, I was like, wow, boy, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's pretty serious at this point. Well, yeah, right in the middle of, of the big hunting season right now, it starts with uh, bear hunting or yeah, bear hunting season, you know, with the baiting, bear shooting bear over bait. And then it, it, it goes all the way into the very end of uh, deer hunting season, which is, I think, the second week of December. Yeah. And in October, we can start hunting the snowshoe hare. We don't really hunt. We don't hunt with the dogs in November. That's when the rifle season starts. We pretty much stay out of the woods. Right. And then just run the dogs Just so it doesn't in the interfere club. with, with some Yeah, you don't want any accidents. You don't want, yeah, you just don't want any accidents. Some people do. Some conflicts in the woods. Yeah, there could like be that. some I mean, conflicts. And you know, uh, it's just. If your dog scares the deer off or. Whatever. Yeah, that's a big, <laughs> yeah, that's, that could be a problem, you know, and, and uh, you just don't want, you don't want to put yourself or your dogs in that type of situation. Right. I don't. So I just, we have the clubs to run the, you know, the running pants at the clubs to run the dogs in and that works out fine. Yeah. Yeah. So you also told me, so with the club that you're in, um, you're now like the the secretary. Of, yeah, I'm of the, the club, club secretary. I've been there, I think I've been the secretary for almost six years, five or six years, a long time. You're talking about getting involved, boy. Yeah, like all, I know. All I got, of a sudden, it shows up with your girlfriend with a beagle, and next thing you know, you're next thing you know, I'm the secretary at the club. Well, you know, no, it's it's people don't don't like to be club officers because. Uh, you know, you're always doing paperwork and and there's whatnot. some other responsibilities. It's a, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's it's there's some responsibilities, but it's also fun too. And you know, it means I have to know everybody in the club. I have right. to know what's going on, and 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 it's a little bit of politics here and there, I guess. You know, it's it's kind of fun. But um, yeah, I'm the secretary. Oh, I'm also the secretary of the Maine Beagle Association. Uh, we only have one meeting a year. It's, okay. It's, it's pretty. It's a fun where we give away. We have uh, awards for high hound of Maine. It's it's more for field trialing and okay. stuff. The, the rewards are, are the awards are for uh, the field trialers. 
But, um, yeah, too bad you couldn't come up here and see a field trial. We have one coming up at our club in, uh, I don't know, November 7th. Wow. It's a Sunday. Okay. It's pretty fun. You have Sometimes you'll have 30, 40 dogs out there, and they let them go at once. And it's just like a big freight train. <laughs> <laughs> and loud. It's loud, you know. Yeah. It's pretty I, cool. One of the things I was I was vastly impressed with today is is we had so many dogs out running. Um, what, we had total of four or five, five at one point yeah five at one point yep um and it what's cool to me is is you can eventually you start picking up the 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 what is it is it baying or the bark i call the bark, it the bark. the bark you could you could pick up the bark I mean, of, could, each of each dog. single dog yeah. to know who was on it's like oh there's you know there's there's Katie. oh there's peanut there's yeah. you know um, so that's like when we that's why we like to to match the dogs up you know, according to speed and their personality and stuff sometimes. And like today, the older dog, Jake, the male dog, yeah. we like to get him out there. And usually he'll get one started, a little yeah. bit older track. We, we, he has more of a cold nose, you know, he can, he can, he can, he can, uh, he can start out with, on an older track, yeah. you know. And that's, and then and that's, one, that's what he did today. Well, and, yeah. No, but so for the listeners and all that, so a cold nose there's a lot of lingo that goes into beagle hunting that I, I was completely unaware of. So a cold nose is a dog that has a better nose for, for scent that's older yes, on the hair. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's a cold track, not a, not a hot, fresh it's one. A it's a cold track. track so, so yeah, cold so like today, uh, let's just take the first the first time we went out this morning. Uh, Jake, he got on it. He, you know, it's kind of a cold track, but he's working it and working it. And he's barking, not too excited, but he's barking here and there. And the other dogs, like Peanut, runs with Jake all the time. Mm -hmm. They we run them together all the time, so she knows. But she's out looking for her own rabbit, but she can still hear him. And then when he gets more excited, you can he see her on the GPS run right over to Jake, and then she'll run. She'll stay with him and stay with him and stay with him, and then you'll hear Peanut. She's the one that screams, you know, she's like, ah. she screams. <laughs> and then, you know, when she's on it, you know, they're on, they're right. on the rabbit. So the and then all the on. other dogs they're they're join coming. in. Yeah. They're just waiting. They're kind of waiting for her to, to start barking. And then, uh, and then it's on. And then what we like to hear is them constantly barking. All right. They'll, all right. they'll stop every once in a while on a check, you know, where the, the dog, the, the rabbit makes a turn. Right. They might overrun a little bit and come back. And it's really nice when the, all the dogs can work together. And they, they did so good this morning. The scenting conditions yeah. were a lot better this morning. There was a little bit of dew on the ground, and it, it was a lot cooler. Yeah, so they, they, pick, up, they pick up scent the a scent, lot better when yeah. it's wet. Yeah, the and they keep the like rabbit moving. And, and as you can tell, in the beginning, the, the, the rabbit was running these tight circles, and then he kind of opened up and did these nice bigger circles. And that's what I was trying to get us in closer and closer. I was watching the, the, the tracks on the GPS, so trying to get us closer and closer. And then uh, I didn't know those other guys were on the other side of the road there. Yeah. But uh, they were they were right on the tracks too. Those guys, sure. you know, and and you know they could hear the dogs and they can see the GPS and and um, yeah. it's good that we. Well, that was fun to see. So like we were we were outside the circle first, and so they were the, they had completed probably two or three rotations yep. at that point. But on that last one, it's like okay, we knew they were they were pretty close to us. They just yep. weren't going to break across that that thicket. So we got into that thicket on that that outer line. Yep. And then we saw the dogs come in again, except they were probably 30 yards, 30, 40 yards in front of us through some yeah. more thick stuff. It's like, oh, okay, maybe that's the better lane. Yeah. So we moved forward up to that line. And the moment we did that on the next rotation, they ran back 
where we stopped the first time yeah. they ran where they were running behind us with the rabbits. So oh, it was that happens like, a lot. It was, it it was pretty lot. crazy. So um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just got, you kind of never know. It's like, okay, what, what track is the rabbit going to take this time? You just got to try and put yourself in the right position. So you do. And we try to get out and that's what's so nice about having the, the handhelds, the GPS handhelds. Yeah. You can kind of get out in front of them. You can see, see what kind of pattern they're making and you can kind of get out in front of the dogs yeah. and, and see the, the, the rabbit run past you. I like to always see one pass in front of me so i can see how far ahead of the dogs the the rabbit is um i hate to shoot it on the first on the first round you know i like to at least let it pass do one pass that's the way i can see so sometimes yeah. the dogs we have fast dogs sometimes and they are pretty close i get nervous you know um so I sh if, if i'm with like it's just, if it's just me and jeff I, i'm not real worried about it, but if we have someone new i like to just le at least have them see yeah the rabbit and then the dog, so they yeah. engage. They're they're hot on the heels in this one, boy. They yeah, they were back, and it was it yeah was close. So yeah, and and luckily the the guy who who sh who shot that one rabbit was um uh a good shot, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just one and yeah. done. Well, yeah. and and what's crazy is I mean how thick it was where we were. Oh. I mean it was it was going to be pretty difficult, and, and him where he was at, he got to a spot where it was it was quite a bit more open. I mean, yeah. at least there was a lot more lanes to be able to see yeah. the rabbit coming through and, and, you know, probably get a shot on him and did. So, and that's what we hope. We try to get into a nice little shooting lane too, but right. sometimes the rabbits won't come out of the thick stuff. Yeah. You just, and you'll, well, I could see, I mean, you were pointing them out, the lanes that, that run through, you know, some of the, the um, trees there and all that. Yeah. Lots of cover. And, um, yeah, it'd be just a, just a nightmare to try and, wave a, a shotgun barrel through some of that stuff so even even you even in, in the winter time it's even more difficult sometimes you because you, you have to you're walking through that with snowshoes big old yeah. awkward snowshoes and um you know it's just but hard it's to just, get turned right it's hard yeah you you want to you want to kind of you want to get stand somewhere where you think it's going to where you can at least rotate right with, with the shotgun try and square your shoulders try to square your shoulders yeah. to it and um that's that's one of the big things we we try to do, um, yeah. I really liked. It. I mean, it's it was, it was a hoot. So so the other thing you were telling me about what was it? Was it happy tales. Oh, the happy when, when tales when we can see the dogs. And, yeah. And, uh, so when the dog gets on a scent or pretty close to a you know a good scent, um, pretty fresh one, you know instead of the tail just wagging, it, it's it wags a certain way like a, it does a. It wags with a specific purpose, you know, and and you can see it. And then sometimes, you know, when it really gets wagging, then they'll start whimpering. The dogs will start whimpering a little bit, like kind of a whine. Then you know they're gonna start barking. There's pretty some scent soon. coming. Yeah. They're then they're gonna, then scent. I mean, not too long after that, you, you'll just hear them start screaming. <laughs> so cold noses and happy tails. Cold I mean, nose, happy tails. That, that that almost sounds like a good bumper sticker. Or yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> country music song yeah, there be. is a, there is a country music song i heard uh with about dogs i don't know if it's about beagles it might be about coon hounds or something but it's pretty funny <laughs> Could be. i heard it a couple of years ago field trial yeah that's great so um so the my my first intro like my intro to like hey it's a club right there's this club um Mike was explaining to me, he's like, he's like, it's, it's a social club. And, and I'm like, what does he mean? Like I buy a social club? Like, <laughs> you know, what, what is all this about? But certainly today, I mean, I can see, you know, with us hunting today, I mean, obviously there were times of like, you know, 
gear up, get ready. Like, you know, if stuff's going down, we got to move and all that stuff. But a lot of the other times it, there is a very social aspect to this where we were kind of all hanging out. Okay. You know, the first yeah. the dogs first kind of get out. We're all just sitting around, you know, BSing for a little bit, waiting for the dogs to, you know, pick up on a scent, maybe start barking and yep. then, okay, well, let's move up here. And, you know, and it, you didn't have to necessarily be quiet or, or, uh, you know, camouflage yourself, get, get, you know, too hidden and stuff for the rat because they're no. going to come tearing by. Here they're going to come tearing by. Yeah. We like to be kind of quiet. You know, sure. you want to be quiet. You don't want to scare the rabbit. You want them to come right to you so you can, it's a nice, easy shot. But, um, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to dress in camouflage. Like I wear a, well, you saw today, I wear like, I wear an Adidas sweat jacket <laughs> most of the time. And I do have some hunting, fancy hunting gear that I like to wear sometimes, but I save that for the winter time. Sure. Now when the weather's kind of nice, I just wear shorts and a, yeah, a sweatshirt or something or yeah well shirt. i think they were right where they were saying boy i think if you wore shorts today you'd probably be your lower legs would be all scratched they, up oh i did I, I was running dogs out here this summer and, and i did wear shorts a couple of times and my legs did get all scratched up and bitten by whatever's out here you know the mosquitoes are pretty bad out here in the summertime uh, i i i could definitely imagine i could see that yeah you'll um, have to check yourself for ticks today too i i haven't seen any ticks on me but um no they're out here why well, and i see nothing but ladybugs here at camp oh We're just i know it's crazy i i haven't seen so many ladybugs at least not by my house <laughs> there's a lot up here you know it get, it get, obviously it gets pretty buggy here in maine yeah um, it does with the humidity and and all that other stuff yeah the mosquitoes are bad in the summertime there's mosquitoes black flies and every other thing now around. here's a here's a big question i mean so you know one of the the big i think one of the big misconceptions about rabbits uh in general uh it's something that that you see in rabbits and squirrels i guess but um with rabbits it's like oh they're disease-ridden parasite you know flea bag you know oh, why would you you know touch them and all that other stuff and it, when really the science tells us that there's no more or less diseases and parasites with rabbits in the summer than there is in the winter the warm month you know like only shoot rabbits in months that end in r yeah. after the first frost or on a tuesday after a full moon in february on a leap year i mean i've heard so many yeah. weird you know things about when to do that and and certainly Arizona has a year-round rabbit season, and and for me, I've always questioned. I'm like going, if if Arizona, the place that does not frost, does not freeze, <laughs> like you know, the desert just doesn't do those things. You know, it, if we have a year-round season, if there was a real public health risk, um, you know, why why would there be a, a wide open season like exactly. that? I mean, there just really wouldn't be. But I wonder here, is there anything here? Like, I mean, I know a lot of times in the desert, you know, we find um, uh, bot flies. Um, the larvae um, mm -hmm. inside the route. Some some places they might be called wolves up here. Um, uh, I know there's some part of the country they, they call them wolves or but it's it's the bot the bot fly larvae kind of the worms but really they're in between the hide and the meat like it doesn't affect the meat at all. Okay. Um, but they they grow pretty large. Are there any parasites and stuff that you look for in the in the snowshoe no, here? No. No. Just ticks sometimes Just this ticks. time of year. There's ticks on them, but. Uh, uh, I think a lot of these things are, are myths or old wives' tales. You know, don't shoot them, in, don't eat them in the summertime, or yeah, yeah, that, that, those kinds of things. Those, but there is there isn't anything I'm worried about up here. Yeah, no, you know. But do you? I mean, do you hear a lot about that from folks who like you know find yeah. out you hunt rabbits? Like, oh my gosh, I can't. Oh, believe, all the you time. Know? Yeah. Either that or they're like, oh, I love rabbits. I said, well, these are hair, and they're like. I love rabbits. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think they're talking about, you know, raised 
they might have raised rabbits at home for to eat and whatnot. Sure. Well, and, these and, taste a little differently. You and know? cottontails are are definitely different than than a hare. Um, yeah. Obviously, meat wise, meat quality wise, but it but depends the, on where they're eating. It depends on what their habitat and what they eat. You know. Yeah, and I know the snowshoe hares obviously are a lot different as well, even than than like the the western jackrabbits. Um, yeah. You know that we end up seeing, and then you know you have some. Uh, Obviously, there's there's so many. So you have snowshoe hares, Arctic hares, Alaskan hares, and hares and jackrabbits are essentially the same things. It's just jackrabbits kept the the moniker. There's only three of them uh, of the hares that are called jackrabbits. Oh, um, really? Yeah, that that goes back to like um, I, I think the. I, I'm not for sure 100% certain on it, but the earliest reference we find to, to jackrabbits actually, I think, is in Mark Twain. Um, oh, really? And, and yeah, it was a quote in one of the books where uh, they the pioneers used to call them jackass rabbits <laughs> because of their unusually large ears. They had the ears of a jackass, and so jackass rabbit got shortened to jackrabbit, and it just kind of stuck from there. Do they turn white in the wintertime? No, no. Oh, they don't? Um, the, I know the the... The one that does that, that's called a jackrabbit is the white-tailed jackrabbit, um, which is kind of up north. You see them in, in um, Utah, Montana. Yep. I mean, kind of definitely up further from where I'm at. But like the blacktails don't change color, and they're they're they have the widest distribution. Blacktails kind of go from Missouri all the way to California. They're really widespread. You you kind of find them everywhere, most habitat types, and even elevations. Oh, really? Um, yeah, sea level is like darn near 10,000 foot elevation I've seen them at. Really? Um, and then we have the antelope jackrabbits um, down in Arizona, just just kind of cut in there and then they go down into Mexico. And then um, there's uh, the white-sided jackrabbit, um, which is just a little bit of the boot heel of New Mexico and then further down into um, uh, Mexico. They're, in, they're, they're kind of a thorn scrub. They hang out in some really nasty, thick thorn oh, scrubby really? yeah, material where uh, antelope jackrabbits are, it's a little more like open kind of cattle country it's it's got some thick but it's not you know nasty are they fast oh yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah (laughs) they're it's it's amazing to me that the snowshoes do this this circuitous route that we're seeing you know um i don't know that jackrabbits do i mean you'd you'd probably need a greyhound or a pack of greyhounds yeah due to how fast they are uh because it seems like when they take off, they straight beeline to the next county. Oh, really? Uh, when you Jeez. spook them good, they just, it's a straight takeoff and they are gone. Uh, you you kind of watch their body language, you know, when you're spotting stock. It's uh, sometimes if you spook one and you didn't see it right away, they they have like a like a lope to it they're they're like oh you're not really too scary i'm not too worried about getting away and it's just it's just a little kind of lope go away and then all of a sudden you know when you really spook them it's like you know it's like just a bullet getting shot out of a gun they're they're not slowing down or stopping or anything there's no way you're going to get back on them (laughs) where if they've if they're kind of loping away you can kind of okay well they're not they're not too concerned so we'll circle around and kind of come back at them so how do you hunt them do you sneak up on them straight spot and stock yeah usually um I have done it with shotguns. There's, there's some, part of it depends, I think on, on the habitat. Um, there are areas where it's, it's thicker, mm-hmm. um, with mesquite trees and, and real heavy cover with grass and some yucca plants and cactus and stuff like that. And, and, uh, uh so sometimes you need the ability to, to like have a quick snapshot, like with a shotgun. Yeah. And, and we've certainly taken them that way. Um, other times if it's, if it's a little more, just grassy and open, like open, like a cattle pasture with some mesquite trees in it. Mm-hmm. Um, typical kind of Southwest stuff. You know, what I like to do in the mornings is, is I'll walk 
towards in the direction of the sun i'll walk east um because that sun because they have such big vascular ears their their ears glow in oh. the sunlight and up in yeah. the distance and so if you look kind of underneath the trees because they'll what they'll do is they you know they're they're really active you know first thing in the morning and in the evenings and stuff um and but the rest of the day they, they kind of want to just lay up and so they'll they'll put their back to a tree so nothing can sneak up behind them and if they need to they can shoot out real fast straight out you yeah. know and uh so yeah as the morning kind of gets later because they'll be out kind of wandering around for at least you know while it's cool and then they'll go and kind of settle in so i'll kind of be walking around and then i'll start looking for like silhouettes of like rabbits or rabbits laying down underneath the mesquite trees in the shade you know trying to trying to stay cool for the rest of the day and uh it works out pretty well i mean some sometimes they're spooky and others they hate the wind oh, if it's do. a windy day man you are gonna have a hard time because um, <laughs> those big ears i always tell people it's like they they know the moment we drive on to wherever the, the moment we drive into the area they know we're there yeah <laughs> like it's not like they didn't hear us yeah. you know it's like giant radar dishes on their head so yeah um but uh yeah it's it's a it's kind of an interesting um it, it's almost like deer hunting um you know in, in a way um and just due to their size too. I mean, like I said, usually they're about, you know, nine pounds on average. It's um, big. Yeah. They're, they're, a, they're a big bunny. So, um, but, uh, yeah, you kind of, you know, spot stock, sneak around and, but if it's a windy day, boy, they, I almost, I'll, I'll go if, cause if I've driven all that way, I might as well. Cause sometimes you never, you can't trust the weather service. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. You'll look at the weather. They'll be like, Oh, everything's great. And Danny <laughs> show up. It's like raining and snow and storms and whatever. You're like, all right, forget this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, wind, wind is real tough for them because they can't hear, uh, predators approaching as well. And so they're a little spookier on those days just to begin with, because the grass is rustling, the, the leaves in the trees, you know, everything, everything's just kind of making sound. So they get really spooky. And so when, when they do spot you or something, instead of just sitting there, they're like, Whoosh, you know, they'll, they'll kind of take off early. And, and so, yeah, they'll, they'll pretty much walking up. I mean, I've, I've had them, you know, break out of cover at about 75, even a hundred yards sometimes where they're like, they're just Jeez. real spooked that day. Yeah. Wow. Um, where most of the time they'll, have a tolerance you know you'll uh, this guy can get close because they, they know we can't catch them you know i mean there's 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 hardly anything on this planet that can catch them i mean I, they're the second fastest animals compared to pronghorn antelope on the continent you know um they can they can get up and move pretty fast so um i've watched uh i found in uh, uh it was a hawk one time i found him uh completely plastered up against a uh uh, a barbed wire fence. I mean, just e wings spread the whole thing. And I think what he was doing was trying to chase one of the jackrabbits. Cause I've, I've seen hawks get them every once in a while, like a big red tail or something, but the rabbits can, you know, move through that. I, I don't think the, the hawk was probably paying attention to where he was going and following this rabbit and the rabbit just dodged underneath that fence. And he just slammed in that fence, oh. killed himself right there, broke his neck. And, oh. and there he sat, you know, it was like, wow, you know, Oh, just amazing, amazing things in nature you find like that. Yeah, I know. You ever seen, you ever find like really strange stuff out here with the No, I the don't. Rabbits? No? No, nothing. Really? You never, I never even see dead ones out here. Huh. I've seen dead ones in the club sometimes, but I never see dead ones out here. Yeah. Never, ever. Usually the dogs will find them before us. They'll eat them. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're lucky the dogs didn't eat the, eat the rabbits today, you know, because sometimes when you shoot the rabbit, the dogs will get there before you. Yeah. And sometimes they'll tear it up. 
but luckily today they didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I don't see... I I don't see too many dead animals. Now, obviously, a lot of the roads here, I mean, uh, the roads where we're at here are, are dirt and, you know, folks aren't traveling. I mean, you don't see much as far as roadkill at all um, with uh, snowshoes or... Yes, every bit. once in a while. Now, out towards where I live, like um, out where we met up this morning, uh -huh. that's that's pretty close to my house. You'll see a, a snowshoe hare in the road every once in a while, a yeah. dead one. But as you get into Portland, you won't see anything. Right. You'll, you don't see any... They don't live there anymore. So yeah, you'll see you'll see some roadkill snowshoe yeah. hair. Now, and you were telling me something interesting. Probably the reason that that I mean, there used to be a lot of cottontails here in Maine, um, but development development kinda... yeah, their habitat has just been uh, I don't want to say destroyed, but there there's not much of a habitat for them anymore. Yeah. They're trying to reintroduce them in certain areas, uh, like out in southern Maine, like around the beach, some of the beaches and yeah. some of the islands. They're trying to reintroduce the the cottontail, eastern Maine cottontail, right, or eastern cottontail. Yeah, yeah. And like I was telling, hopefully, I, hopefully it'll work out. You know. Yeah. Well, nice. I had a, I had a friend of mine. He he like I was telling you earlier there. He uh, he's over there in, in New Hampshire, um, and I know from his graduate research and all that stuff, he was working uh, in New Hampshire on identifying uh, the different the differences in, in different locations of the possibility of a of a New England cottontail and a Appalachian cottontail, yeah, um, as being two different you know subspecies essentially, yeah, um, out in that country. W was this more like the New England cottontail? Do you know or? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, I think it, it is. Yeah, it, so. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, I I haven't done a lot of research on it. I just know that they were trying to introduce the cottontail back here in Maine in certain areas. Right. Um they're they're they went they're making habitat for them. They're cutting down, doing some big large cuts and making rabbitat, big rabbitat as I like to call rabbitat, it. Rabbitat, yeah, <laughs> and then making these big brush piles, you know, and 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 doing a lot of that, which is nice, you know. Hopefully, they do come back. And we do yeah. the same type of uh, land management in our in our beagle clubs too. You know, we we do cuts here every you know section of cut. We cut sections of the woods. We make big brush piles, and they need they need cover. Yeah. They need cover because the owls will get them. The owls, owls okay. and hawks, they they do a number on them. But but in the wild, you know, down in southern Maine, they have also have coyotes and sure. hawks that'll just Wipe them out. Yeah. Now, now, when do these snowshoes, you were saying that you were thinking that snowshoes would probably change color into the white? Yeah, probably uh, towards the end of November. And we'll November. start seeing them. Yeah. Well, they'll just turn Once white it gets cooler, once it starts getting a lot cooler. I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's because it gets cooler or if it's just, uh, I don't know why they, I don't know, but I know it's usually around November, end of November. Yeah. You know, when it, it does get cooler. Yeah. But it, it could just be their time to to change to change just white. Just part of the annual circle. Part, cycle part of the and, annual cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice. And then there is a few weeks there where they uh, it's tough for them because they're white and there's no snow on the ground. Sure. It's tough. <laughs> and so they stand out a little bit more. They stand out a lot. It's easier. These guys go hunting and, and you see, they, they're shooting a lot of rabbits. Sure. It's pretty easy for them because they. You can see well, that might be the case easily. this year, boy. At least, at least as warm as it is right oh, now. Oh, I know, I know. Jeez, it's like <laughs> freaking Florida up here. Oh my gosh, Florida, but the beautiful colors. I mean, yeah, at least we're, exactly. we're getting that. Florida so. without the snakes. We don't have poisonous snakes up here. You know? No poisonous snakes. No, that's why it's nice. It's nice running around the woods. You don't have to worry about uh, getting bit by anything. 
Sure. Yeah. Well, in Arizona, everything's trying to kill you. Yeah, plants, I know. The... Well, that snake we saw today, I don't. I said it was a, a black mamba or something, but it was probably just some harmless little snake. A little garter know? snake or little something. little garter snake, yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's, it, I love Maine. I've been up here since uh, 2000. I moved up here in 2000 for North Carolina, and I just yeah. love it up here. Yeah, it's, I, I can definitely understand why. There's, there's some really great beauty here. Um, just... Uh, and, and and to be able to just turn to this sport here, um, yes, you know, with beagling and stuff that that I think forces you to kind of get out here into the woods more. Yeah, you have to. Um, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, just like we do this morning, you were in the beach this morning, and now you're up in the mountains. Yeah, you know, started it's... at the beach, now in the mountains, <laughs> and I'm back at the beach. You'll tonight. be back at the beach tonight. Yeah. It's 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 really nice. You know. I yeah, my my wife is definitely the beach girl. Um, you know, she somehow feels more balanced next to the water and all that other stuff. I'm, I'm a mountains and forests and trees. Like, uh, you know, me too. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I like going to the beach sometimes and that's a nice, where you guys are, it's a nice beach. It, it really is. But I love coming up here. This is my, this is my home away from home up here. We come up here a lot. Yeah. Something, something very comforting about being in the woods and, yeah. and you know, a lot of the, Obviously, you know, with the change of colors, I mean, that's one of the things that I, I probably didn't anticipate when, when coming out here is just uh, the smells yeah. that are associated. You know, it's 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 not an unpleasant smell. It's the it's the it's the decay though of like, you know, the leaves and and yeah. season changing and and uh, you know the, the the fir trees and all that stuff are not as strong at this point. And, yeah, you know, they're they're starting to close up and uh, but you know all the 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 other the maple trees and you know everything else it's it's just there's a it's a great interesting you know place to be here in the fall oh yes um, it is super great time it's beautiful it's beautiful up here well Scott I think uh, somehow some way now that you've you've hosted me up here for this fantastic hair hunt. We got to get you down for a, a hair hunt down in Arizona. I do. So you can, you can I know. see a completely different, yes, completely game. different style. Um, you can bring the beagles, but they're not probably going to be <laughs> much use to us. I don't think I will bring them. <laughs> Traveling with those dogs, those those freaking hounds, Pro- probably is not, not as fun. Easy. It's not probably that not easy. As easy. Yeah. No. Well, I could imagine. How many do you have right now? I have. Uh, uh, I have seven dogs. Well, I have six, and then I have one of Jeff's dogs at my house. I'm keeping. I'm watching one of his dogs while he's up here moose hunting yeah. and, and and i run her at the club sometimes nice. so um i have uh what four four beagles right now four or five beagles and two uh dachshunds i would imagine they probably eat their weight in puppy chow like yeah <laughs> every I day used to, with oh, as much, I, I as much to, exercise as they got today well i used to go over i used to you know, feed them raw. I was, I belonged to a raw food co-op right? and I used to feed them a lot of raw food and kibble, you know, just, uh, especially when I was field trialing the dogs and, um, I spent a lot of money on food, <laughs> a lot of money on food. Yeah. But now I just do the, 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 the nicer, the better kibble, you know, oh, okay. I won't say what brands, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a good kibble and it's what my, some of my friends feed their dogs. So in a case, some of their dogs have to stay at my house sometimes or, 
you know, they're, the dogs are all eating the same food. And right. It's so much easier. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I certainly... I, I make treats for them too. And Peanut has earned its kibble today. Yes. And there's no doubt with she's, the amount of mileage she put on. Yeah, and, she's and, a great dog. And I'll run her... I'll run her well, actually, I got to go back to work tomorrow. So uh, she'll have a few days off. And then next week, we probably won't hunt. And I'll just run her two days, you know, like Monday and Wednesday morning. Yeah. And uh, she'll put on, I don't know. She's okay. 30 miles a week is fine for her. She's yeah. a little dog. You know, she's sure. probably this. There was a puppy out here today with us. Did you know there was a puppy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. Ellie. And uh, Ellie's already bigger than Peanut. You know, <laughs> I remember when we, we first uh, saw Ellie around, she's just some little itty bitty puppy playing with Peanut, you know. And we usually we usually use Peanut to, to train uh, the younger dogs, the young ones. We let them run with Peanut and Jake. Jake is the, okay. the male today. Do, do you find that's very common? Like, Using the older dogs helps instill yes. some of the training some that of you the, can't. Yeah, some you of know. the older dogs. We depend on some of the older, better, older dogs uh, to train these younger ones. And then we want, we eventually want to see the younger dogs getting out in front of these guys. Right. And, and leading, leading the way. Just learning better habits and, and yeah, it's, skills in the it's, field. Uh, it's easy for these dogs to pick up bad habits. It's easier for them to pick up bad habits than it is for good habits. And uh, we just <laughs> we try to teach them good habits. You know, and sometimes if we're real careful what, do- what other dogs we run them with, we don't run them. Uh, like there's that, that puppy. I have another dog at home. I would never run that puppy with one of the dogs I have at home, the one with the eye injury. Yeah. Because he's just way too fast, <laughs> she'll just chase the dog, you sure. know. And you don't want them to start chasing dogs. And uh, there's certain certain things we don't we don't care for. The rabbits yeah, there's the other certain dogs, traits so. we don't like them to acquire, and and uh, we want them working on their own. Like we'll have them run with Peanut and Jake for a while, maybe a few months, and then we'll try to get them to run them by themselves every once in a while. We call it soloing, yeah. and and then we'll get them back with the dogs. And it's so nice when we do that, and it all works out good. There's a there's one one of Peanuts uh, puppies. His name is Hank. He's a great dog. He wasn't the best dog out of the litter. It's just that we were real careful training him, you know. And he turned out to be a great dog. We bring wow. him up here. The, his owner doesn't hunt. Huh. He doesn't hunt. He just likes to run his dog at the at the at the club. But uh, he'll let us take him, bring him out here and hunting. That's awesome. We brought him hunting last year. He was the star of the show. He was wow. a great dog. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, God. I really appreciate you taking me on my hunt. I, I I'm just indebted to you. This is this was really really amazing and such a beautiful place. Oh and, yeah, and it's great. Finally, no problem. Finally, finally fell in this bucket list hunt for me. So you got to come back during the winter time at some point too. I, I just might. I I you know obviously I had the the wife's vacation to to add to this one so yeah maybe maybe i can you know say oh honey i gotta go back now there's a, there's a, they, I, they told me i have to see it in the snow you have so. <laughs> to she could stay at uh sunday river ski resort hang out there for a oh, while it's right down the road there you go. while we come up here i just gave away our spot oh no you have to edit that out <laughs> okay. no, i'm joking i'm joking this isn't really a secret spot but it's a great spot oh it, it is it's, 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 it's lovely up here beautiful so <laughs> well thanks scott thank you listeners uh Appreciate you tuning in and uh, hope to talk to you again next time.